Teak what? TV and you have my little notebook out. Channel five. No, it never works. Oh, I five. burped. Sorry. Okay. What up, guys? We're back. We're here. Episode seven. Oh, has it been seven? Yes. Like Why are you so out of the camera? Oh, you set the camera up. I did. I feel like I'm really in it, and yeah. then you're really not. It's okay. It might have something to do with the announcement today. <laughs> oh, the announcement is. Don't get your eyebrows waxed. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. Look at my eyebrows, bro. For real. No, no, no. Look at them. Look at look at last week's video. And then look <laughs> at, at this week's video. I usually... I'm sorry. This is Ozzy. You're Ozzy. Sorry, I'm all over the place. You'll understand why understand in a second. Let's just start over. We're just going to start over. <laughs> Okay. Hey guys, welcome in. Episode seven of Queen Talk. This is OZ. This is Ari. Yes. And uh <laughs> sorry, that was just that was a rough start. That was very rough start. All right. So we're gonna skip all that and just get into what I'm in my feelings about. I'm in my feelings about my light brown eyebrows right now. Let me tell y'all. Why they the hell look bad? Jose. I'm telling y'all, I have like, I'm like, maybe I should go get the microblading so they can thicken up my, my eyebrow because sweetie, how long does it take them that can you tell them what happened? Oh, okay. Yeah, Let me tell y'all what happened. So the other day, yesterday, I, <laughs> not so we decided past. it was just going to be like a beauty maintenance day. Just like, you know getting our nails done again because they were ratchet and um i usually get my eyebrows threaded okay threaded but today yesterday i decided i was like you know what we're here at the salon i might as well just get them waxed it'll be fine girl first of all let me just say this the mirror that she gave me (laughs) was not it was like one of those magnified mirrors so i didn't even notice how skinny they were okay okay i didn't notice so then i got home i mind she you was I, wearing a hat i was wearing yes i was wearing a hat the with the bill really to the low, front yeah, yeah because so my hair was not did if any of you are questioning my loyalty as far as like addressing <laughs> the issue i didn't see them touche i don't blame you but yeah. um so we went and we ran all these errands. Then I got home. I go to the bathroom, flip on the lights. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then I go in the room. Ozzy's on the phone. I totally interrupt her phone call. So yes. I'm so sorry about that. Sorry but yes, yeah, sorry, girl. And I, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with my eyebrows? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, she took off half my eyebrow. Okay, there's like four rows of hair left. I feel like that's an exaggeration. It's not an exaggeration, bro. You can count. Do you want to count? No, I don't think they look horrible. I'm going to show Look, I'm going to insert a before picture right now. 
So y'all can see <laughs> like that music. my eyebrows were cut in half. And the way that she said it, y'all, she was like, you know, your eyebrows are look so great. They're nice and thick. What? This is thick to you? Oh, Mind you, I filled these in today. I was afraid I don't have like a darker brown because I usually just fill in my eyebrows. I have to draw these suckers on this, okay. this week because look, look. Look at the light skinnedness, like the amount of light skin skin I have right below my eyebrow to the rest of my eyelid. It's a significant amount. I went and asked Desi. I was like, are my eyebrows too skinny? <laughs> he was like, uh, Yeah. I was like, oh, no. okay. He was like, they don't look bad, though. Okay. okay. <laughs> Horrible say. I mean, if they did look bad, I'm proud. He would have said something. No, he would have been like. Whoa. He, no. <laughs> he would have been like, oh, so this is what we do. Okay. okay. <laughs> 2020. Let me tell you guys, don't get your eyebrows waxed because don't. I usually get them threaded, and I will just say, the particular group of people that thread... We're Asian, we're allowed to discuss the ethnicities. Go ahead. Okay. So usually Indians thread <laughs> your eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And if you ever go in there, you can tell Indians love a full brow. Yep. I don't ever have to worry about them taking off eight rows of hair. Mind you, I don't have eyebrows for real anyway. But the fact that I have two rows of hair left. <laughs> Y'all, it's really bad. It's not like, maybe I'm just not used to seeing my face like this. No, no. But people have been staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're like, why has, why has she regressed to the 90s? Okay. You remember they used to over-tweeze their eyebrows like in the 90s? be a little kinder to yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying I look awful. I'm saying my eyebrows are suffering mm -hmm. right now. It's cold outside. Mm -hmm. There's an extra breeze <laughs> right here. Not an extra breeze. Okay. Oh my God. I'm just saying. I'm, okay. And first of all, when you wax people's eyebrows, you're supposed to ask them what they would like, not just assert your preference okay. on my face. Granted, you could have also been like, hey, I'm kind of looking for... You shouldn't have done it in the first place. I, I told Ari this yesterday. Had I known... Okay. This is why I stopped the getting my eyebrows waxed because they were they would always over wax. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? It'll be okay just for today. Oh. I should have been more specific. I usually am. But I got comfortable. Okay. Don't get comfortable. Okay. Okay. Because right. at the else? threading place, okay. they always ask. They're like, do you want a shape? Or I'm just, you know, I'll just clean it up. Just clean it up, sis. Because I don't have but eight rows of hair anyway. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else you're in your feelings about? It's almost Halloween. I promise you, if my child comes home with another bag of candy corn oh, this year, I'm, I'm going to throw it at it's somebody. It's just wax. It's just it's awful just candy. Stop buying that. Well, you need to tell people to stop making it. Nobody eats it. A lot of people eat candy corn, actually. Why? I don't know. I like? don't understand what, what it, it tastes, tastes like? like to them. It tastes like heavy dye. <laughs> 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 like, you just 
took food coloring and just like you know dumped it in there. I need to research like who created it. Okay. Maybe they have like an agreement with the candy companies. Like, Are you hey, doodling? Every, I am doodling. <laughs> God. Did you hear what I said? Anything I said? I did. Okay. You know, people doodle when they're distracted I don't, sometimes. That helps me stay focused. Okay. Clap back on that, y'all. You did it, but I it's did. fine. I did. Okay, whatever. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I am so burpy. Why are you so burpy? Fine. Let's just talk about yes, it. Yes, let's do it. Okay, if you guys notice, I've been wearing black the last few episodes. <laughs> I cannot hide it anymore. Last episode, I literally ran out of breath. And I was like, I might need to tell these people that I am 18 weeks pregnant. Pregnante, or for my Spanish people, embarazada. <laughs> Not the actual pregnante word that we made up. So, Unless it is a word in another language. Pregnante. Oh, it could you be. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that. It could be, but I, that's just what I always say. Also, everybody and their sister is pregnant, pregnant out here. Yeah. We've made a game now. Whenever we go to stores, we count how many pregnant we women do. we <laughs> The highest was five, yep. not including me. Not including Okay. Me. So, yes. So, so, yes. Everybody's out here. We're out here. Baby number two. Yay. I literally, this has been like a completely different pregnancy. Obviously, they say it's different, but... I had a girl first and I was dead dog tired. Okay. I could not breathe without getting tired. Like <laughs> that's just how I felt. And um this one I'm like leaping off beds. She's doing jumping I'm jacks. doing I'm like literally running. Lifting it's too heavy much. boxes. Yes. So out here just stressing people out. Put that two and two together. So anyway, yes. So we're expecting <laughs> and this is why I'm also running out of breath. When I'm just sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. So now I can express that to you guys. Because before I used to have to be like. <laughs> and okay. All right. So yes. Anyway. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you excited? I am excited. I am excited for all the winter clothes that I get to wear. apologize for how weak that congratulations was. Let's do that again. Girl. Congratulations. Well, I mean, we can always in, in, insert us an applause. Yes. Also, our cousin was over last night, and she was like, "Ooh, Ari!" Like grabbing at my face because I guess I've gotten chubby. Mm. (laughs) I did not mean to agree with that. That was not. Anyway, so I was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be huge. I'm gonna be huge." I have. Don't say that. Excuse you. I have. I'm almost like I'm like halfway through this thing. It's gonna happen. You just gotta. I've also been extra irritable mm-hmm. and it's very weird for me because I'm touchy. usually a very patient person, but I am like, are I'm you, ob- to see. Are no, you no, objecting? Not, no, 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 no. You misread that. I was just waiting to see where you were going to end the statement. Was not agreeing with that at all. I mean, if I have a conversation about what testy means. I didn't say you were testing. I didn't say you said that. Okay. I'm just saying if I had a conversation. I feel like you did and you're throwing shade, but I didn't say that. You did agree. Okay. But you set me up for that one. Just wanted to. I. Oh, asking someone if you think I'm testy, that's a setup. Yeah. How is because that a setup? Because you had a previous conversation about somebody That's telling you that you're testing. That's not a setup. It is a setup. 
Because can you tell them how you responded? I asked her if I was testy, and she was like, "Yeah, I think a little bit." And I was like, "What's oh, that supposed to mean?" What's, Cause what does Desi that said mean? I was testy. Girl, you just asked me a question. Yeah, but testy is not honest. a good adjective to use. I mean, it just depends on who. When asking. someone is having a difficult trimester, okay, the first trimester, trash. Trash. It was. It was Absolute awful. Garbage. It was garbage. I've made a whole um, character. Anyway, what are you and your feelings about growth? Um, like just I continuing from minutes. my last. Uh, yes, you have. She <laughs> literally for I'm okay. just look at my eyebrows. So though. continuing from my last. They're so far from the top of my eye lid crease. Why are you miles away? And then she was like, "They're thick." I would love to know what you mean by thick. Her eyebrows were thicker than mine. I don't know why she thought I would want these little string bean things on my eyebrow. That's okay, Ellie. Don't go back. In like eight weeks. That's okay. Do you know how long eight weeks is? I'm not going to get new eyebrows till the new year. Well, hey, come on. Start start the year with something (laughs) No, thank you. You gotta, you gotta look at the positives, Zuri. Now I have to get good at drawing eyebrows in. Hey, look, see, there's a lesson. Come on, somebody. Just, just well, tell us what you're in your feelings. Wow. Okay. okay. So, yes. all right. Um, I'm gonna adjust my seating position now so I can show you. I don't have to hide my belly from y'all. <laughs> Did you really put your belly under the table? I've been trying. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so you guys, okay. I'm in my feelings because I'm, as you know, I've been trying out Kindle in the mid. Unlimited. Oh, and I'm sorry. I just what do finished you say? I finished two ebooks and they're in like a trilogy and they're they were good up until the last page. And I'm gonna tell you guys why. I'm not gonna get good get into the story. Just know that it was garbage. Like I don't like when a story does not end well or abruptly with like random things happening within like Two paragraphs. Oh, It's like yes. you have to finesse the ending. Right. Because everybody knows the book is going to end. I don't care if it's in a trilogy and like, you know, I didn't know if I was going to write another book. Yeah, but you end that thing well. Okay? You give it a nice little whipped cream, cherry on top, make me feel like, ooh. Ah. Uh, ah. Dancing funky pants. Ooh, ah. What I'm trying to say is, Ari. I did not think that's the way you were going that with that. Sorry. At first. But the way that the book that I'm reading ended... I'm not going to tell you guys the name of the book or well, the genre. Just tell us how it ended. Go ahead. So basically, the, the two protagonists of my story, of the story, it's not my story, the story. Um, what is a protagonist? It's the main, main character. It's the main character. Well, one. Well, there could be more than one, but there were two. So I didn't know there could be more than one protagonist. So does that mean it's, if there are multiple protagonists, there are multiple antagonists? Or does it, is it like you just mix and match your numbers? Well, the way her writing style, it made it seem like there was multiples of everything. Okay. Well, tell us about that last page. Okay. So the last page, essentially they were going through like this thunderstorm, hurricane, turn, tornado (laughs) happening. It progressed like really quickly within like the two, two paragraphs. Just want you guys to know the last page had a total of five paragraphs in the first two paragraphs. They 
somehow flew to another state during the tornado. Hurricane. It was a hurricane turned tornado. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. Then he bought a car randomly to find her, and then she was in some random bunker during this tornado. And then she did what? Oh, and then somewhere in the midst of that, which was not depicted in the story, she took a pregnancy test. I'm like, does the bunker have have a bathroom? (laughs) And then when he broke through the entrance of the bunker, okay, he like hugs her and then he sees the pregnancy test in her hand and he's like, what? And she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, marry me. I was like, oh my God. This guy threw my phone. I just threw my phone. I don't like abrupt endings like that. I feel like she wanted the happy ending. Yeah. But it was just, it was a happily confusing ending. And I just don't, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not this reading the third s- book, just to let you guys know. Slightly off topic. Mm-hmm. Whenever we do see bunkers in like movies and TV shows and stuff, we never really know if there are bathrooms in, in the bunkers. bunkers. I feel like there are. And I guess if you're supposed to like survive a nuclear fallout or something, there should be bathrooms in the bunkers. That's what I'm saying. Wow. So is it like I made an outhouse underground and I'm just like digging holes? <laughs> I'm saying because it's like if there's a nuclear fallout up above, mm-hmm. clearly the sewer the system. Yeah, but then also the sewer system has to be down. So how am I using the bathroom in a bunker? You know? Wow. These are great questions. Isn't it a good question? <laughs> also, if you have not watched Dion Cole's special. Um, this is such a is, random And it's so funny. But he had like one of his sets was just like questions people never ask. He was like, how come there are no B batteries? I was like. Oh, that's a great question. There are no there are B batteries. No. There's nine volts. Yeah, but there's A, C, and D batteries. Oh. I bet somebody's like, like really well, I don't know. Can explain that. I'm sure. Maybe it's like an A. But I just thought that was like molecule. such an interesting perspective. Like, why aren't there B batteries? Anyway, is that all you're in your feelings about? Yeah, that's it. I'm still in my feelings about my eyebrows, y'all. They're okay. horrible. We, we gotta move on. We, we gotta move on from this. Thing. I'm just saying. Look, I look like one of those dolls. <laughs> Where like one of those porcelain face dolls where they just drew the little line, the little fweak. A fweak. Sorry, I had to burp again. Sorry, y'all. I'm so excited that you guys get to openly experience pregnant Ari with me. <laughs> it's Such not that joy. open. I just have I've been burping on all the episodes. Yes. Now they know why. Now I I, now they know why. Yes. Okay. At least it's not coming out the other end. Moving forward, what's our topic for the? This podcast? What are Our, we talking about? Um, well, we came across a video. Ari and I, ran, um, what is the word I'm looking for? We Not randomly, but we frequently, there we go, binge YouTube videos. Yes, we do. We do. And so this week, um, we came across a video that was talking about the experience of preaching to black millennials. Come on, I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm ready too. I'm so ready for so this. So I want to pre- preface this by saying that millennials are people who are born between the years of 1981 and 1996. Basically, so, if you experienced um, the rotary phone, like you had a landline, mm-hmm. 
and you experienced having a cell phone growing up mm-hmm. and like you started like into like you were in the iPod phase, like when iPods just started coming T9 out. Mode T9 yes. mode, bro. Yes. That you would count as a millennial because you've experienced both the old and the new version so of technology. Between 23 and 38 right now, like the ages. So 38? 38. 20, nah, 23 bro, they seem a little old. 38? Yeah, 1981 to 1996. I'm 96, so I'm 23 right now. I know some 38-year-olds. Yeah, they're millennials. They count. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, Some of them don't count to me, but okay, we'll take it. Go ahead. So we're going to link this video. It's an hour and like 45 minutes. Um, Will you put up minutes, too, of things that we, I guess we referenced? I've written those down. Yeah. But this panel uh, was created by... It's an organization called the Jude Three Project, um, and oh, doing I a little. Heard of them. Yes, so doing a little research, they're basically a ministry that um, deals in apologetics, mm. um, and they help Christians know what and why they believe. So they have like programs instilled, like they teach you. Excuse our dogs barking. Sorry. That's cool. So this particular panel had. Um, I guess all of them are pastors. That wasn't really made clear in the introduction. I think all of them at least have some kind of history or education in, in theology. In theology. There we go. Um, three of them were definitely doctors. Well, one of them wasn't. The Mike McClure, he never went to. Oh, um, he wasn't. Okay, so two just, of them were doctors. Maybe. Well, maybe the mediator, the mediator was maybe a doctor, too. I think too. he might have been, but he, he didn't get a chance to talk, unfortunately. We're sorry, <laughs> but, okay, so there was a Charles Goodman. He has a church in Augusta, Georgia. Augusta. Bree Parker. She didn't. I, don't, I didn't pay attention to where she was. Jackie Hill Perry, my home girl. Just kidding. I don't know her personally, but I really like, you know, <laughs> but a lot she's of a good talks. speaker. She's, she's a great definitely speaker, a good speaker, a great poet. Um, and then Mike McClure. I don't know where his church is, but he has a church. Um, I think he said Alabama or something. It might have been. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but either. those four people were on the panel and the topic was the experience of preaching to black millennials. And the first question and one of the only questions that the mediator got to ask was about um whether they thought the forms of black traditional preaching were relevant for millennials today. What were some of their answers? Um, Goodman said it's relevant for those that need to hear it. So he said that some people who vibe with the traditional, there's some people who don't. Um, His biggest thing was it's not so much the style, it's the context. And granted, I think all four panelists did come come away with that mentality that it's not the um not the style of which the preacher is speaking but the context so like what they're preaching about right right um sorry mcclure said something about um the way that black millennials experience church has something to do with the mixed diagnosis of church culture and let's stop there. Uh, yes, because I feel what well, is the misdiagnosis of church culture? So the way he explained it in the video, in the example that he gave was um, my mom shouts at church. But then when she goes home, she's still broke. And so he was. How saying, is that a miseducation of church culture? It is church culture. Well, understanding where he's coming from. I think that he thinks that black millennials operate off of how that made them feel about the church that their mothers attended. Well, and yes. so they associated that pain with 
this church doesn't produce. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, you know what they call that, though? It's prosperity gospel. Yes. Like, and he yeah. said uh, the other guy on the other side of the stage had said that he does preach prosperity gospel sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with teaching how God wants you to be prosperous in your life. Right. I do think that it's very naive mm-hmm. to think that millennials are to blame as for the miseducation of church culture. No, it is culture. It is what we experience Mm -hmm. in church. We did experience misappropriation of funds. We experience, um, um, what does PJ say? Um, this not dismemberment. What is the word? I don't know. I can't think of the word when they make you like sit down when you sinned, you know what I mean? When they like make you get off the praise team and are like, Oh, Oh, you're having sex. Get off the stage. You know what okay. I mean? Like that kind of <laughs> yeah. can't remember the I word. Don't know the word. But it, all of those things that we do experience, like all of the like, hey, I'm not feeling good. OK, well, baby, just pray about it. All of that is actually <laughs> real. Yes. It's not a miseducation. It is a real experience. And it is unfortunately part of black culture, at least black church culture. Mm-hmm. And dare I say, sometimes just traditional church culture where they don't offer practical um, solution mm-hmm. with it's a God really, principle. Well, it's really based off of, so like Aerie and I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Yeah. Um, so we, I don't, I don't know your personal like story, but for me, I always had opposing views or just opposing questions or just challenging questions. I in always class. started up. I always started out. And one time I got kicked out because... Uh, you got kicked out? I got kicked out. I only got kicked... And I'm going to tell you why I got Who kicked, kicked out. Who kicked you I don't remember her name. I remember her face, though. I remember her face clear as day. I don't remember she her She wasn't light-skinned and short, was she? She wasn't short, but she was light-skinned. She had glasses and she always wore that, that white button-down shirt. She was a... I think she was a deaconess. Anyway, what happened was we were talking about the type of people that got... That came to church who weren't seven-day Adventists but were interested. Yes. And um, she basically said that if somebody came in with a wife beater, sagging pants, and, like, tattoos and earrings, she wouldn't... She wouldn't... She doesn't know how she would feel about them being in the church. Right. Because SDA... Well, traditional SDAs believe that tattoos are against God. They believe you can't have earrings, wear jewelry, or whatever, and you can't have your nails done. So I'll this say lady, this. Pause. Sorry. This lady was sitting in front of me with earrings and her <gasps> nails done, and I told her, I was oh, like, you know, no. that's really hypocritical because you have your nails done, and I'm pretty sure the pastor's wife has her nails done as well. So to to have that type of view and say so of somebody openly. who's seeking something that we can offer them you're telling me he's not welcome because of how he looks but you look just like him you just have on more clothes well so i got kicked out that day it's okay well i was always a challenger in my class too we weren't ever in the same class because we're four years apart yeah but um i always challenged in my class too because i had one much like sunday school we had sabbath school Mm -hmm. but um in one day in sabbath school i had a teacher who said um everyone i know who has a kind heart is a Christian. I was like, wow, really? And I was like, you must it? not get out. And that's <laughs> verbatim what I said. Mm. And I was like, no disrespect. Yeah. But uh, some of the nicest people I know are not Christians, Christians or yeah. they don't know they anything about, like they don't explore that spiritual, s- spiritual side of things. Mm. 
And she was like, oh, well, I guess I've never experienced that. I was like, so everybody at your job is a Christian? Like, mm. or do you just make sure you only talk to Christians? Right. Like, I was like, this is not a thing we should be teaching. Oh. I was, I think I was like 14 at the time. At that point, you're teaching your feelings. That That's how I feel. At you're that point, t- yes. you're teaching... Um, you're teaching, oh, I've heard the word, but this is my interpretation. You're teaching a preference. You're teaching your preference. Yes. And at that point, it's like, I'm pretty sure in my heart, just thinking about the person, the figurative person that she described, so what, he has a wife beater and some pants on. He's, right. He came to church. Something right. happened within this dude that he was like, I'm going to go somewhere where, where? nobody looks like me, mm. and I'm going to search for something to help me that feel That they keep talking about. But you're focused on right. his clothes. right. You know what I mean? Like, who made you that righteous? I, I want to know. And I at that time, I was probably like 11 or 12. Yeah. And it just made me really angry because, you know, especially when you grow up in the church, you're trying to find, well, me personally, I was trying to find a connection with God and the people who represented God outside of what my parents had established for me. Yeah. And so I found myself really protective of that God experience or just the influence that I got on my decision of who God was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think that, bringing it back to the topic, I think that that all that we've said mm-hmm. is why millennials don't go to church. Yeah. Also why black millennials who do go to church don't go to black church. You know, Brie Parker, one of the other panel, Dr. Brie Parker, she her opening statement was that um, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said traditional people in church are the problem, which I agreed with. Uh, yes. Um, and then she said it's also um, not the style of preaching, but it's the context of the preaching. Uh, and, the lo- and, and most actually all four of the panelists did say it's not style, it's context. Um, uh, I, I would actually argue it is style as yeah, well. Yeah, I would agree because with that because I don't I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> what? I just I remember what preaching was like when we were younger. Yeah. And it just never felt like it it applied. Like it was just really Yeah. dated. <clears throat> yeah. Um See, okay, so I didn't, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Well, I just I didn't um not resonates the only word that I can think about it, but it didn't feel like it applied. Right. And maybe that's like a personal thing and I should No, 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 no. I think I agree with you because a lot of what I experienced in church um on sabbaths and on sundays Mm -hmm. was a lot of um stuff said to get crowd response yeah and it's like okay that's cool but the reason why the crowds do respond the respond is because we resonate with how you said something or a point you brought up yeah you shouldn't be making or aligning or planning on saying certain things just because you want that crowd response. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a there's a clear line. Right. So that's part of the style you're still too. Held accountable for what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I also think as well <laughs> and maybe this will lead into the next subject, but I also think as well just the style of church maybe outside of the preaching but also involving the preaching possibly mm. is that I'm I don't like a lot of us are just not here for the BS, right? Yeah. And I say that which, we, with, which millennials are really good at calling out at this point. And I say that not with any disrespect, but more so just to be, um, just to share experience. Like if Miss Sally 
is going into her praise break at 1117 every Sunday. What am I supposed to glean from that other than this is contrived? You know what I mean? Or um, not that I'm saying that she may not have experienced the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that have never been to black church, it's really a point where people start feeling the music, the emotion Mm -hmm. gets high in the room and, you know, you start shouting Mm -hmm. or dancing. If you've ever seen, um, really seen anything online about, you know, like all that. So it's like, that's, that's cool. I, that is a part of black culture, black church culture. Mm But if the praise break is going to have me in your church for six hours, that's something we got issues with, too. Mm-hmm. Why is church culture like this? What am I what are you helping me achieve spiritually with a six hour praise break? Anyone, you know, Great and I question. think that's what a lot of millennials are just not into. I'm not into the emotional high mm. only when I go to church, yeah, I want somebody I to, to be able something. to take home yeah, and, and use practically and apply, apply to my life and hopefully grow into a more God principled person. I agree with that. I, I think it's also a change of like a seeking of a change of culture too. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember like the gossiping, uh, like the older people gossiping about like somebody's child who went wayward or, you know, or what is that? What did they say? Hold on. When you backslide. Oh yes. Backsliding. <laughs> yeah. You just yes. like, you experience those things. And there's, I, I never felt growing up that there was a space where I could be with other people who felt how I felt about, Oh, um, I wasn't as holy this week because I didn't study as much or, you know, like you, you had to put on. I always felt the, <laughs> but no, that's how I felt though. I always felt like, you know, I had to put on because I don't want to be the next person being gossiped about. Right. Or, you know, or embarrass my parents, God forbid. Right. You know, um, it's actually funny because she talks about, um, who is she? Bree Parker. Okay. Um, she answered the question that was originally asked at the beginning of the video, but then she kind of went on a tangent about why Ooh, she went on a large black tangent. people don't go to, Oh, sorry. Why black people go to white men. Why churches. black millennials, black millennials, sorry, white black millennials go to white churches, white mega churches, white me- Lord Jesus, all the quotes. Yes. Uh, white mega churches. And I, to quote her, she said that they are chasing um, Jordan's skinny jeans. And then she says Stephen Furtick. Unquote. Unquote. For those of you who do not know who Stephen Furtick is, he is the um, the one of the co-founders and lead pastors of Elevation, um, Elevation Church. Church. Um, you can type it into Google, YouTube. And you probably sing some of their songs that they've created. Yes. If you listen to uh, Christian music. Yes. So um, he has made... Um, the church experience much different than what I experienced. They've they've created a church up. culture that works for the people who mm-hmm. are looking for that. Yeah. So it and, and I'll say and this: he just that, happens to be a white guy. That's how I feel. Okay, <laughs> but just he's real southern too, yeah. so it's not like he doesn't relate to. And he has a very diverse church, so it's not like he doesn't relate to some of 
the demographics in his church. Obviously, that's inevitable because he is of a different culture. Mm -hmm. But to me, if your content is right, if your content is God-led, it will resonate with people and they will come to it. So are we mad because black millennials are going somewhere where they well, feel fed? She's, she's, she's mad. She was a little she made, salty. She, she threw made some a statement. Shame. She said white church seems, white mega churches seem easier. She said, because you can just um, fold into the crowd. She said, there's less judgment, less work and less accountabilities from the grandmas. Okay, so let me stop you right there. Okay. I'll say this. As someone who um, has been to all types of black church. Yes. To note, we grew up going to church on both Saturdays and Sundays. Yes, my mom was a church musician, mm-hmm. so we, we went to all church all days all of the day. week. Okay. Yes. So as someone who grew up in all kinds of black church, but then also um, experienced the other side of um, church, like Protestant white church, Episcopalian, Episcopalian, uh, Methodist, all of that. But then also like in my adulthood, exploring non-denominational, like bigger churches. Mm -hmm. um, I will say this. We do like having the anonymity at the mega church. Why is that? Because in our experience at black church, people are always trying to pressure us Mm. to do things, Mm -hmm. pressure us to participate, Mm -hmm. pressure us to, um, uh, this is your stewardship to God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hold on. They're really controlling of how that plays out. Yes. Really controlling. I think it is a brilliant idea to say to this group of people who come to this building, seeking Christ, Mm -hmm. seeking a relationship with God, hey, you can be as anonymous as you want to be or you can be as involved as you want to be. It's up to you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's your God experience. It is your your experience. I cannot save you. Yeah. You are responsible for your own salvation. And and then I think it's also important to note, like um, she brought up, so if you've never been... Hold on, before okay. you switch subjects, okay. before I want to address the last thing she go said. Ahead, go ahead. So she talked about um, uh, accountability yes. because black millennials don't want to be held accountable. Want. You read it already. I have another one. Go she ahead. Had another quote. Go ahead. Um, she said, quote, end quote, sorry, white preaching doesn't tell you what's wrong. She said black teaching will do that. And so her, I feel like her whole view of... I mean, I wonder, have you I ever wanted, been to church? That's what I'm asking because... I think that it's really it's really easy to make an overarching statement about something that you might not have experienced an absolute or, or an absolute statement yes. because I've never felt like that. And I don't think that the color of the skin of the person who's leading the church should have anything to do with how substantial what they're saying is or not. Granted, yes, I think that in when 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 I guess when race comes into play, yeah. you should address like, hey, I've been feeling like this whatever's been happening is leaning more towards like racists or like just being able to bring up things of concern, especially if you feel like it's your church, you should be able to say like, I don't think that you guys are um, as representative of who my I culture. am or my culture and so, in this space. Right. And that's, but it doesn't negate if what the context of what the pastor is saying. Right. So here's what I think she was saying too. I think she was trying to say like, Oh, God, there's a fly again. Um, black millennials think the black church has all these problems, but white church has problems too. Here, 
we know church has problems. Yes. It comes with the territory. It comes it's people run church. You still have people the are flawed. People, people, people unfortunately create different kinds of tension and scenarios that we find in church. Yep. We know this. Case in point. Hold on. I'm sorry. When she said that um we don't want accountability mm-hmm. because, you know, the aunties and the grandmas, grandmas of the churches, of black churches, hold us accountable. I I call a big BS on that. Because it's not Because it's not accountability. You're all. nosy. It's no, we experience it as them being too nosy, too in my business, too, too holy art thou. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't relate to you. I'm not going to open up to you about certain things because all of this, the dirt that you did back in your day, mm-hmm. you act like it didn't, ex- you, you it doesn't exist. It. You don't talk about and then it. And you call it out in whoever's struggling with it. And right. you make them feel bad about it. Not even wanting to coach through like, right. this is what I did to get to where I am. Right. And, and all these mistakes I'm making at 19 that you made too, you won't let me know that you did that too. Yeah. There's no, so there's a growth. So there's a not, better and, pattern. And if I'm not open to it, I'm seen as unholy or, oh, she just, um, or I'm backsliding backsliding yes Yes. or she's of the world i'm growing up and i'm learning these things because nobody took the time right or it could be anything like you don't have that structure at home you didn't have a dad who could tell you like hey pay attention to these things or you didn't have a mom that could have told you or you just didn't listen to us in church because many times they came to youth group and were like what do you guys want to do we tell y'all exactly what we want to do and and they're like oh no no, we can't do that okay why are we here so it's not it's not accountability. I think at some point everybody seeks some type of accountability, but I think the deliverance of the people who we want to hold, not the deliverance, sorry, that's the wrong word. It's like, that's a real churchy the, girl. No, the delivery. The deliverance. The delivery. The glory. Okay. <laughs> the delivery of the, the person who's trying to offer that accountability matters. Oh, you mean how they communicate? Yes, that's what I meant. Okay, I, I was like the, the delivery. The, the deliverance. Yes. Um, I, I do agree think, with that. And I think that, Sorry, just to last point. I think that it is also very, it is ignorant to say that white church doesn't hold you accountable. Maybe they leave the accountability choice up to us. Right. And because actually, and they do it, tell us what's wrong. Mm-hmm. They're just not out here like they don't well, make you, you feel, and these hum- yeah. the, the 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 strippers in the club. Right. This, they're like, we don't know what you do in your life, right. but if you are experiencing tension, if you are experiencing mess, mm-hmm. here are steps. Right. To get here are practical steps mm-hmm. to get out of your mess and, and start living with God and living with Christ. To people who have been through the same thing, who are going through the same thing, they're called small groups. Yes, not a lot of people do them. Um, but it's a vulnerable it's thing. A vulnerable I will thing. say that. Yeah, and you know, she actually brings up um, commonly in like really more modern churches. I would say that, especially in the non-denominational. I'm, I haven't been realm. to realm. Yeah, but um, the church I attend they have different like volunteer groups. Yeah. So oh, it, she did say this. She did, and this really made me upset because of, I'll just, I'll keep going. So in, <laughs> in like in the church I go to, they have um, the parking lot people. They yeah. Have they have the guest services. Greeters, the guest services. They, and have, then they the have the kid volunteers, volunteers. The high school they volunteers. They have basically anywhere you feel comfortable 
volunteering they have it and she threw shade at the parking lot crew yeah she was like you can come here be anonymous or if you don't want to be anonymous you could be out in the parking lot why are we why are we trashing this right now my thing is if you can get people at our church like growing up nobody wanted to volunteer zero that is what i didn't want to volunteer Because there was nobody looking like me that volunteered. Like, no young people volunteered. It was always the older people. Yes, and then you would get on the committee, and then the older people just want to manipulate you so you can relay it back to the youth. Yes. No, thanks. No, thank you. So, <laughs> I don't know where the shade comes from, and she might have, like, some personal issues. Maybe or she personal, had a bad experience. Maybe she did. And unfortunately, I, I just don't think that she can put a stamp on all churches. I don't know yeah. how many churches she's attended, I think- but... The fact that a church has the finesse, or not even the finesse, the, but the, structure, the structure or the system to allow yes. somebody to say, "Hey, I think I'd be comfortable yes. putting myself out there and just greeting random strangers in the parking <laughs> lot, yes, helping them park so that they have a great first experience like I had." Yeah, I don't think that that's shady material. And then also, let me point out too. If you are on a team like that, it's it's likely like those teams get together outside of their duties. And we don't know how those groups are also affecting mm-hmm. and holding them accountable There's to their spiritual stuff. life. It's like we can't stuff. just over like we just can't make absolute statements on the surface. Right. Because a rela- you should know this, like a relationship with God isn't surface. It's multi-tiered. It's a process. All of this is a process. So if I can get you to come to church um, once a month in the parking lot or every week, if you want to, at least I'm here Mm -hmm. where I got you here where people who are are committed to loving on other people can have an effect on you, can have a positive environmental effect on you. I also wanted to say Mm -hmm. that um, the other guy, I forgot his name already. Is he the bald one? The doctor, well, the bald. other doctor one. The with one the with beard. the beard. Oh, his name he is also... um, McClure. Okay. No. Yes. Mike... Was he sitting next to Jackie Hill Perry? Yes. His... Oh, his name is Goodman. Okay. Yeah. So he said something about... Um... <sighs> Crap, I've Was forgotten it, it now. Black people can be excellent. Oh, yes. Okay. He said he mentioned something about systems in church, right? Okay. And they were talking about how. Was it the t-shirt oh, example? So, hold on one Sorry, second. So, <laughs> so, um, Dr. Bree. Yes. Okay. She mentioned something about, um, black millennials liking white mega church because of the structure. He backed her up by saying, yes, they do. But that doesn't mean black people, black churches can't be excellent. Let me just say this. I agree with you. I believe black people are excellent when it comes to the realm of church. Mm. The percentage of black excellence and structure and system in that area Mm -hmm. is lacking. It's really lacking. And so you cannot blame us, you know, for going somewhere that won't keep us at church for eight hours on a Sunday. Yeah. And you cannot make the statement that we don't want responsibility because we don't want to be the ones to fix it. She made that statement and I kind of took it personal. I took that whole thing personal. personal Just because (laughs) I don't think that you should dog on another, like another organization that's doing something successfully. Regardless of the Why don't we just learn from them? Right. AKA Michael Todd. Right. Michael Todd has a mega church. He is a black 
pastor with a successful megachurch right. who actually took his pointers from Stephen Furtick. Right. But she didn't bring him up at all. But then there also have been other black megachurches that have done it before Michael Todd. Mm-hmm. Michael Todd just is in this social media era. Right. But they also have made it work. So it's like... Hello. Come on. So it's like, why why are and his we his daughter? I forgot her name. Sarah, Sarah Jer- Jake. Yes. Sarah, Sarah Jake. Jakes Roberts. She has she Roberts. just got off tour on one of the things right. that she's doing. And I'm like, why are we why are we just trashing this system that seems to be working mm-hmm. and pulling our people? You know, and I, j- really the whole panel, minus Jackie Hill Perry's um comments. Mm-hmm. I really felt like they were blaming millennials for yeah. not understanding black church. And it was like, and not being receptive to the things that they've attempted to try to make us like black churches. Right. And it's so it, the blame kind of, I felt like the blame fell on millennials, millennials when it was leadership. like, so y'all are going to blame us for what we, for the negative experience and church trauma mm-hmm. that we experience instead of just saying, all right, y'all, we hear what you're saying. Help us. Put, put a millennial in charge. You know what I mean? And I, in my notes, I wrote her argument of that. Yeah. Of saying that we don't want responsibility or we're not trying to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. It would only be valid if there were people in leadership who actually would accept the change of a millennial. Period. A lot of, not not all. There are some smaller um, black churches that are not mega churches that have put people actually transformation church is a great example. If you guys have never heard of transformation church, they were less than 500 people like three, two years ago. ago. Yeah. Okay. And the person who led before Michael Todd was a white man. Yeah. And he gave the church to Michael Todd and his wife. And that exchange in and of itself just goes to show like, it's possible to put a millennial in charge to get the result that you're looking for, but you can't be, like overly controlling of that. And a lot of people who are in leadership, pastors who are in leadership, it's that power factor. It's the power factor. Yep. They do not want to give up control because they have a, a view of how things should be. Agreed. I so think, it's less about the people and yeah. it's more of a personal problem that they should work out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, do you have any last comments? Um, I think she just missed the whole point um, of millennials biggest struggle. With black church. With, with black church and finding a place where I can still be myself, but I'm among people who Hold respect my, my, where I my, am, my, where I am yes. how I got here and where I'm trying to go. Right. I think that her argument was basically implying that because something is unorganized. Doesn't mean it's bad. Well, no, no, no. Her, her argument was basically saying, well, yes, it doesn't mean it's bad, but the people who don't stay behind aren't willing to be responsible enough to change it. I took that personal because it's like, there are a lot of black millennials actually who are trying to change it. They're just not trying to change it within your system. Right. Or there are a lot of black millennials who have tried and have just said, I can't deal with this because it's trauma. I feel like that is it's a trauma, but word. it's trauma. But it's also like, if you're going to ask me much like youth group, mm-hmm. if you're going to ask me what I think could be better, what could bring the millennials in there's that Mm -hmm. also last point i as a millennial mom i am not going to submit my child to the same come on the same church trauma Mm. that i experienced from black church i'm just not gonna do it Mm -hmm. i'm not going to do it i want my child to be 
in a system where they teach these principles for them to take home. And like my daughter is like talking to me about this. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. She's like, well, my friend did this and she frustrated me, but we talked about loving each other and, and, um, in Sunday school. So I think we should, I should probably try to do that. You're five, sis. Come yes. on. Yes. Get it together. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I didn't learn things from black church, but there are more negatives than positives when I look at my experience. Do I want my child to experience the black worship setting? Yes. Yeah. I do. Cause it is a moving environment. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful environment. But it just we are very talented trauma. people. It cannot come but with trauma. But <laughs> the trauma outweighs it. Mm-hmm. It really does. So I just, I think we need there was credit. a huge, yeah, I think there was a huge rag on millennials and a huge rag on white mega churches. I don't know. And it was like, sis. No. I don't know how old the doctors and Mike McClure were, but I, I know they were that pushing Jackie 40. Hill Perry is 30. So I, she was the youngest. She's, she's the youngest. She's also a millennial. Yeah. So she was actually pretty quiet for the whole panel. I think she um, just honestly didn't want to make it a debate. Her facial expressions, if y'all want to watch them, watch they her were face. how I felt. Mm-hmm. She um, knew. Dr. Goodman did challenge some of the points that were made, and I definitely appreciated that. But just in general, I just felt like this wasn't a successful even keeled panel yeah Yeah, i didn't think that but i don't think millennials had enough representation granted i don't know how old the other three panelists were well the other one was uh mike mcclure was 35 so he counts as a millennial Mm. but here's what i think i think you need a progressive millennial and because there are traditional millennials who like the way that churches now Mm -hmm. you know who just like i go to my mama's church yeah that's fine every generation has that yeah i think if you're gonna represent millennials Mm -hmm. let's get millennials that stand in multiple rooms right so yeah i agree with that (sighs) anyway let's move on um anything that you're into not currently no i just rearranged the furniture in my room so we're good ozzy's like she moves her furniture like every two months Maybe three. We'll push it to three. I don't. I try not to do it that often. Ozzy, it's been a month since your room has been the way it has been. Oh. Okay. I gave you two as grace. <laughs> Come after my life. Oh my gosh! You. Whatever. Just um, in my I have been really into Jackie Ina. If you don't know who she is, she's a YouTuber. And she's amazing, and um, she's really inspirational to me because she's really unapolog- unapologetically herself. Yes. Um, and she gets a, I mean, and usually people who have a lot of drama and they're unapolog- unapologetically themselves, you know, that tends to come towards them. But I have just been binging all her videos. She's like one of the newer OG YouTubers. Like she's now crossing over in that OG YouTube space because she's been on YouTube for ten years now. Hmm. But if you remember, if you're a YouTube fan and you've been watching anything, um, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> Michelle Fawn, um is literally <laughs> the OG. Oh, yeah, you showed me her. She probably, her videos are probably like 15 years old at this point. Mm. And she was the OG beauty YouTuber. OG. So shout out to her if you want to binge. She taught me how to um, do my eyebrows. <laughs> she taught me how to apply eyeliner and mascara. So, yes, yes shout out to Michelle Fawn. And also Jackie Ina, who was in Atlanta. And I'm really sorry you had a bad hair experience. 
doesn't represent Atlanta. Just saying. But yeah, that's it. Any announcements? No announcements. Oh, um, don't buy candy corn. That's all. Okay. And that's it. We're out of here. See we'll see you guys next, next week. week. Yes. Follow us on social at social uh, at social media. At social media. <laughs> Pregnancy brand. Okay. <laughs> at Queen Talk Pod. And we will see you guys next week. Adios. Bye bye.